You gotta find a way to not really forget the memories, but know how to deal with them. On the trolley side, just a little bit of fire left. They clear a path. I say, holy cow, they made a path for us. If you put a couple of first responders together in a room, something interesting happens. Before too long, they'll begin sharing stories. They're not trying to one-up each other, they're simply finding common ground. I was fortunate enough to serve my community as a paramedic and a firefighter for over 25 years. As you can imagine, during that time, I acquired my fair share of stories about the incidents and the calls I was involved in. I thought I might write a book, but then I decided sharing these stories collectively in a podcast would give anyone listening an insider's view into the work that first responders do every single day. These are the stories of the men and women who courageously serve the public, or as I like to call them, stories from the road. Welcome back to Stories from the Road. I'm your host, Phil Klein. On today's bonus episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Lieutenant Tom and Lieutenant Josh. These guys work together, one on the fire side and one on the police side, but in the same city. Today, they're going to talk about an incredible bicycle ride that supports the men and women in blue. This tour grew from the idea of an NYPD detective to ride in support of the police officers who lost their lives during 9-11 and grew to its current size of about 300 riders who participate annually, Josh and Tom included. In the show notes are links to ways that you can support these guys, and we'll talk more about that later. Gentlemen, welcome to Stories from the Road. Phil, thank you. Appreciate you having us, man. Yeah, Phil. Really appreciate it. So, Josh, I know you've been involved in this ride for several years. Why don't you uh, maybe give us an idea of how this ride started, who started it? Tell us a little bit about where it began. 2002, September 2002, one year after uh, 9-11-01, Rob DePaulis, who is a cyclist, New York City NYPD, uh, he and his brother and five or six other guys rode from ground zero all the way to the Pentagon, got on their bikes, rode, and they felt like they had to do something, you know? Um, what can we do? How can we, how can we do something? Um, so they got on their bikes, they rode the next year. They had more people the next year, even more, uh, fundraiser now, you know, um, it just kept expanding and we're raising money for the victims of nine 11, uh, and their families. And then we're raising money. Uh, it's growing, it's growing 180 people, 200 people. We got to set a cap 300 people. Oh boy right? Uh, 350, including support, um, mostly law enforcement, but there are other folks involved. Um, and we can talk about those stories here in a minute. Um, and now we're, we're raising money for police officers killed in the line of duty and we give checks directly to those families. So tell me how this ride has evolved and changed over the years. I mean, it's been going on almost 20 years. This will be 20, this will be the 20th year, won't it? Right. Right. Uh, well, 20th year, I think was last year, uh, when you count, uh, year zero. Um, and it, uh, it started with just a couple of guys and then it grew to 300 cops and five U-Hauls full of bikes and four buses transporting people and donations and staff and all that kind of stuff. Uh, originally it was self-supported. Now there's support groups and rest stops and it's just gotten humongous. And, and it's really awesome to see that when you think about what 9-11 was and what it meant to everybody who was alive and got to experience all that, um, it's awesome to see that kind of support. 
How has the route changed? I know uh, a couple of times you've, you've gone some several different ways. Uh, this year, I think you're doing a, a slightly different ride. So tell me about how the route's changed over the years. Right on. Um, so originally, like I said, uh, New York City, Ground Zero, Pentagon. Um, and they did that for a while, back and forth. One year they'd start in D.C., one year they'd start in New York, uh, go back and forth. Um, and then the tragedy at the Boston Marathon finish line. It's all related, right? It's terrorists uh, blowing stuff up and, and killing people, innocent people. Um, so they included the Boston Marathon finish line. So now we're going New York to Boston or Boston to New York and New York to D.C. And every other year it's different. And I've gotten to experience uh, all of those rides over the past 11 years that I've been in this tour. Some of these people are, are, have done every single ride. Uh, some of these people have only done 15 years. Some of these people are, you know, um, doing all those rides. But we've gotten to experience all new routes. And this year, like you mentioned, a totally different thing to, to save on some logistics. I'm assuming um, they're going to call it home base, quote unquote, home base, one hotel, one place. And we're going to do four different rides. Um, and it's going to be somewhere near Buffalo, New York. What's it, what's it like during these rides? I mean, are the streets lined with people. Do they know you're coming and are out there supporting you? Yeah, absolutely. I remember my first year, um, it was about 93 degrees. It was like September 12th. Uh, and we were riding into the streets of Boston and people were lining the roads, clapping and cheering and, and yelling at everybody. And every time we'd have to stop for traffic control, uh, it was so hot with the black asphalt that people's tires would blow. And you would just hear boom, and, and the tires would just pop. And we're all like, oh, no. So we all start letting air out of our tires so they're not overinflated and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's really amazing to see when you go through some of these bigger cities, everybody cheering you on. Because when 300 cyclists all wearing the same thing ride through somewhere, somebody's like, man, what is this? What's going on here? Yeah, I imagine there's a police escort, probably fire departments involved absolutely, as well. Absolutely. Well, shifting gears a little bit, and Tom, I'll ask, I'll ask you, how long have you been doing this ride? Uh, this will be my third year. The first year kind of fell right on COVID, so they didn't have an official ride, and they wanted to bring a little culture to the ride, so of course they brought a firefighter in. So, <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always need our firemen, huh? You said it, not me. But listen, so <laughs> you know, Josh and I have a really good bond here in, in the city, and I think there's a... Um, there's been a lot of disconnect over the years between fire and police and, and, and we're all doing the same thing. And I think our friendship grew over that and outside of work. And he invited me for this ride. It meant a lot to me because of nine 11 and we lived through that and how he grew through that. And then myself in the fire service and we did an unofficial ride, uh, in 20 or 19, 20. And we rode all of long Island and just being with these group of nine other individuals was so powerful. Um, it was a bigger, we were doing a bigger thing, a greater cause that we didn't even know we were getting into, or I didn't even know I was getting into. And probably after the first day, halfway through Long Island, not realizing my geography was terrible and it's 94 miles and my legs were sore, I, I was hooked and I couldn't wait for the next year. So, uh, we are all brothers and sisters, whether it's the police or fire, EMS, uh, transit authority, dispatch. So to to give a little bit back during this, it's it, it's awesome. But what about you, Josh? How long have you been riding this? My first year was, um, I, I want to say it was 2013. I think I heard about it in 2012. Troopers, uh, Workman and Bailey here in West Virginia were shot and killed on a, a stop downstate. I attend to both those funerals uh, as a lead out motor officer. And 
wanted to do something more. And a, a friend of mine who's a state trooper told me about the ride. He's like, you got to do it. Fellow cyclist, uh, good friend told me I had to do it. And he unfortunately couldn't make it the next year, but uh, I went solo. Uh, and I think 2013 was my first year and I have not missed since. Um, like, like Tom said, you get that first day in and, and you're hooked. You're hooked. It's uh, 300 brothers and sisters, regardless of their profession, first responders, and people directly involved for the right reason. And you just get you get sucked in. There's like a, a brotherhood, sisterhood, um, just like there is in the profession, but it's amongst cyclists who are killing themselves for four days because some poor guy had to jump 90 stories out of a building. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, is, what does this ride mean to you guys? I mean, aside from the brotherhood, aside from the camaraderie, what else, what else does it mean to you? Uh, it really means a lot. And in terms of on a personal level, it is something that I can do and push myself. And it is this moment of four days and I don't care if it rains. I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's cold. It does not matter. I will push myself for that because I guarantee any person 9-11 till today who's lost their life in the line of duty would give an hour, a minute, a second to be on that ride. So yeah, we have our moments where it's tough and we have our saddle sores and maybe some motorists aren't very happy with us because I'm sure they're late for work, but I would rather listen to them yell and endure their crankiness and pass them with a smile and a wave because I know any one of our brothers and sisters who died would give a second for what we're doing for them. Absolutely. What about you, Josh? Uh, I can't, I don't know that I could say anything without getting too emotional. I, yeah, I mean, you're really bringing it on this morning. I appreciate that. Well, that's what and, I And Tom said that perfectly. Yeah. Tom said that perfectly. Those moments when you're like, shut up, legs. Somebody is dead. Yeah. You know, and the three of us met through CrossFit, and that's exactly how I feel when I do a Hero Wad or uh, you guys. I don't think – I think you might have been around, but a good friend of mine, Chief Baggett, um, took his own life about – Uh, I'm going back several years now, but last year was the first time I felt like I was in shape enough to do his wad to honor him. So I I totally get what you guys are saying and you you can feel the emotion just talking about it. You know, it's just, I think it's the way we're built and we want to do something to give back. If we beat the snot out of ourselves while we're doing it, I think it, as crazy as it sounds, it just sounds, it, it just feels a little bit better to hurt and to suffer a little bit for somebody else. When Josh said about the 300 riders or 250 riders, and you always have people standing along the streets and cheering you, you know, go back to 2020 when we had COVID, there was 10 of us and we were driving to New York City. We were driving from Queens downtown to well Long Island through Queens to Manhattan. And there was 10 of us and nobody knew what was going on. And people would stop everywhere we were at and just cheer us on. And they didn't even know who we were and what we were doing. And it wasn't this big, overwhelming ride. And it was just like, people get it. And there's too much, so much bad portrayed in the world through media and just everyday life. That little bit of good just keeps you going and knowing that you can help you know, a brother or sister, somebody that just saw you uh, on the street that day. It really just turns their, their day around seeing that. So it's, it's pretty impactful. So I know the two of you pretty well. And I know that... Uh you know, even just doing this podcast, we've laughed several times already. We'll probably have to cut most of that out. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, tell me about the memorable events along the way. Tell me about the, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some pranks. I'm sure there's, you know, some things that go on. Tell me about those things and also anything that's memorable from these rides for you guys. Yeah, First um, of all, excuse me. Go ahead, Tom. Firefighters never prank. Yeah. We don't do anything like that. So <laughs> thanks for talking over. You're welcome. <laughs> um, no, it's it, it uh, has been referred to as a traveling circus. You got five different 
stops uh your first night before you start riding is one stop and then obviously the last night after you finish is the last stop and 300 first responders what are you going to do after a long day's ride right you're going to have a little bit of fun uh you're going to drink some adult beverages and uh hang out um there was one particular hotel i won't mention where or the name or uh who was directly involved but uh the bonfire was going out and we ran out of wood so let's just go ahead and cut this tree down in the parking lot of this hotel so we can <laughs> keep the bonfire going. Seems perfectly reasonable. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it, I mean, it is it is seriously a traveling circus, and there is so much fun. I see these folks uh, once a year, and it's not enough. Uh, these, these folks are truly my brothers and sisters, and, and it's just, it's hilarious. There's drawing uh, Harry Potter scars on people's foreheads when they pass out, and, uh, you know, uh, photoshopping different faces on different people's bodies and coming up with cartoon characters for everybody and laughing like idiots for no reason for four days. It's, it's hilarious. It's uh, it's a great time. Um, not only are you doing good, but it's, it's really a nice vacation to just kind of chill out and uh, get all that stress out of your life. Sounds like, uh, you know, being surrounded by people that in, enjoy the same types of things that you do and the same types of jokes and pranks and that sort of thing is uh, probably a good time. What about, what about you, Tom? As you as you talked about that, I couldn't stop but uh, to forget about Scott Stapp riding with us. Uh, <laughs> oh, last year there was a, a gentleman that was biking in our in our tour, and he reminded us of uh, Scott Stapp from Creed. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And- so, <laughs> like at the at the banquet, and I totally forgot about this. We were standing next to this guy. There was uh, alcohol involved, so we might not have been making sound decisions. But I was sitting with Creed playing on my phone, staring directly at this guy with the arms get- wide open. <laughs> to get him to just acknowledge that we were calling him Scott Stapp and the dude would not break out of the conversation he was in with so like he was not having it whatsoever. He was in it. He was he was totally <laughs> was in it. it. So we would sing Creed every time we saw him uh, the rest of the time. That's fantastic. <laughs> any any other memorable events along the way? You know the the there's always the joking and the the releasing and, it, and it's our therapy. Uh, we go through all of this but at the end of the day the night we we blow off some steam, and I think it is a 365 days coming that we're blown off steam from the years past. But going back to more of an emotional thing for me is uh, last year going from Boston to New York and crossing the finish line, tower ladders with the flags, crossing the finish line, knowing what they those people there had to endure with the terroristic activity. Um, even now I get chills just talking about it because it was just so powerful. And it is one of those moments. And I think what's great about the bike ride is you don't have your phone on you. You don't have to be on social media and you don't have to do anything. It, it is your time and however you want to take that in and nobody can take that away from you. And it's, it, that's what makes it so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think they had bagpipes going at the same time too. So you're riding through that and people are cheering on the street and there's fire engines with the the ladder trucks are up and the flag is hanging right at the line and there's bagpipes playing and uh, bagpipes are one of those things that always makes the hair stand up, uh, especially an emotional thing like that. And, and people ride GoPros, they'll ride videos. Uh, I often just take my phone out and record video as I'm riding, not paying attention to what I'm recording, but to try and capture something of that moment. Um, but I'm really just all emotions and taking it all in. 
Yeah, that, I mean, it's sacred ground. And I remember going back. I was in New York on 9-11. I remember going back. I think 2019 was the first time I went back. I went to the memorial, and there's just this feeling that comes over you when you're there. And I took a minute by myself, and I think my daughter found me. I found some friends of mine that are on that memorial. And um, I could just imagine what it's like riding with 300 cyclists, all first responders, you know, crossing that line and, and seeing all that and seeing all the support that's there. It's got to be an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, there's a young lady, uh, Lucy, who rides with us. Everybody starts screaming her name, Lucy, when she's around. She, uh, she's been riding for a long time. I want to say she's got to be approaching 15 years. Um, she's a civilian. Has nothing to do with first responders, has nothing to do with uh, any of that stuff. But she found the ride because um, she is a surviving victim. Uh, she called off sick on 9-11. Her wow. entire office wiped out. The, the guilt, just saying that, the guilt that she has to have felt. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I can't imagine. Um, but, Lucy, we love you uh, if you listen to this. Uh, and, and we're glad you're part of the ride. My best buddy, Brian, he's my, he's my roommate on the ride. He's from uh, up in the Boston area. Peter Griffin, if you guys can make that association. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he... Uh, he rides for, he's non-law enforcement. Um, he's uh, the head of security for a uh, hospital. And he rides for his really good friend whose son was in the towers. And I'll never forget the one year um, we rode, they shut down the West Side Highway. What other event shuts down the West Side Highway in New York City, right? Um, riding down the highway, Freedom Towers in your sight for the last five, 10 miles of the ride. Come over the GW, it's right there. And you're just watching it the whole last... Uh, I'll never forget when we pulled up, uh, Brian's like, I got to go. Um, and we walked up and he found his buddy's name and we, we stood there and took a picture and had a minute. It's a powerful moment. Yeah, it is seeing those names out there and just putting your hand on there and touching mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. What's interesting. Uh, and going back to that is when we was, was it last year we went across the Queensboro bridge? Was it yeah. And yeah, then the tribe Yep. And you yeah. make that, you make that left and you're going straight down to, to ground zero but what it means to people and how much it means to people, we're, we're four days into this ride. We're four miles away, three miles away, and this young lady blows a tire. She's done for. You know what she does? She gets one of the rental bikes that the tourists use there and use that rental bike to make that ride because she was, she'd been damned that she wasn't going to cross that finish line on a bike. So that's right. what it means to people. Even, you know, she had already done 286 miles. She wanted that last four and it was awesome to see that. Yeah. Cause of the escort they had to, they would have had to pick her up. So she, she's like, no, screw that. I'm finishing this thing. I'm doing, I'm doing it. So she rented a bike and I, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's great. That's great. That's the kind of stuff. And that's the kind of people that, that are a part of this. So for anybody listening to this podcast, how do they support you guys? And, and what does that support do? Well, it, it, uh, like we said, it, it, the money checks, no questions asked, checks written to families of law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty. That's the hardest part that the board for this has has to come up with is who who are we going to give it to and, and why them over somebody else or why did somebody else not get it? Um, and that's got to be difficult because we want to give money to, to whoever we can to help them out. And even though it's not much, it's no questions asked and it's there to support these families of law enforcement officers who were killed in the line of duty. Board of directors drove down here a couple of years ago. Uh, one of the police officers in the state was shot and killed during COVID on a parking call, mm -hmm. on a parking call of all things. And they drove down here, gave a check to the family, no questions asked. 
That's what it does. Uh, and you, even though it's, you know, however much money, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the support, it's the family, it's, it's all of that stuff um, that goes along with that uh, to remember these people, their names specifically. So Johnson family, uh, we're here for you. We, and we have to take into consideration and understand, you know, we talked about big market police office, uh, police departments, fire departments and everything. But that little bit of money that we can donate to all these families throughout the country means the world because in small cities like ours, our life insurance policies aren't that good. Our city representation doesn't do that good. And that's going to be a podcast for another day, but our PD and our FD get that. And like Josh said, if it's just that little bit that helps take a little bit of that financial burden off their off their shoulders. It'll never bring them back, but at least it can give them a little bit of time to grieve. They don't have to worry about some bills and they can move forward and we're always there to help them. So how does do, how do someone su- support you guys? How do they donate to this ride? Well, I'll go through a couple of uh, websites. Um, and again, I think Phil said they'll be in the, um, the notes for the podcast. And uh, I'm certain uh, if you've follow the podcast if it's on Facebook or whatever they'll they'll be in the comments there as well but uh if you go to www.tourdeforceny.com that's the website uh you can end up clicking on the donate tab on there and just donating directly to the ride uh, but if uh you want to donate to Tom or myself we have individual links uh, and, and I apologize; these things are ridiculous. But uh, we'll, put in, we'll yeah, put them in the notes. So we'll put them in the notes. But real it's, quick, uh, they'll, they'll yeah, it's app app dot donor view d o n o r v i e w dot com slash capital P seven small b as in boy z capital z and capital O as in Oscar is my donation page uh, for Josh. If you want to do that individually. And my donor page would be the same as Josh's, but the last five symbols. So we'll go app.donorview.com slash lowercase b, three, uppercase g, lowercase p, uppercase q. And that'd be donating for Tom. And we'll put, we'll put those links on all of our social media. We'll put them on the podcast notes. So anybody listening should be able to find those links and support you guys. Anything, anything to add before we wrap this up? Josh, I'll no. let you go first. No, thank you, Phil. I really appreciate you doing this. Uh, all the support, even from our, our CrossFit gym. Uh, we posted our links last year, and I was shocked um, at, at the community, even in CrossFit, wanting to help something out like this. So thank you for putting this together, helping to get the word out there, helping to raise money for this uh, this cause that that helps people in a time of need. It's my pleasure. Tom? I'm just along for the ride and, and thankful that the uh, PD lets me ride along with him every year. Josh got me uh, in, got my foot in the door, and, and the gentlemen that run it now are, are fantastic. Uh, guys and girls both. It's so powerful to see how much money we raised. Last year we raised over what $650,000, $700,000. I think it was close to $700,000 yeah. last year. And it's fantastic. And, and to know we have that money, and, and I know within the next few years, we'll see a million dollars. I don't think that'll be a question, especially how much we can get everything out on social media and, and amongst people. And I think, I think we're making that turn in society that people just want to do good and they realize this a little bit helps and it goes to them not us we're we're there just to, to do the ride and show the support and uh, 
pay tribute to those who made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Well, I can't say enough about what you guys are doing. I think it's a great cause. I think supporting you know, police officers, especially the families of police officers who've given their life in the line of duty is, you, know, you, you, you can't find a, a better cause than that to, to support. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing it with me and our listeners. I know that we'll, we'll certainly support you guys and uh, good luck to you guys. You got about a month before you hit the road, correct? Yeah, I think we're going to pedal today, actually. So we got to get some miles and uh, get those rear ends ready for that seat. Well, I'll let you guys do it, and I hope uh, you know in the future you guys will come back and maybe share a, a story from the road in a regular episode. I'm sure our listeners would like to hear from both of you. So thank you guys for both being here. Sounds great. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. And remember, you, uh, you click and donate. Tom and I suffer for four days on a bike. That makes it worth it right there. Right on. Yep. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a minute and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you're listening on. Stories from the Road is a Brown Dogs Media Group production. This one-man show is written, edited, and produced by Phil Klein. If you have a story you would like to share, please contact us at storiesfromtheroadpodcast at gmail.com. To learn more about this or other podcasts we're producing, please visit browndogsmedia.com. Thank you for listening.